Welcome to the Miracle Channel podcast. Every week, you'll hear powerful messages from world-renowned pastors that air on Miracle Channel, Canada's 24-7 Christian TV station. And if you want to watch more of their messages anytime you want, check out our online streaming service, Corco Plus. Follow the link in our show notes to create a free account in three simple steps. Today on the podcast, you'll hear a Miracle Channel feature message with Holly Wagner. Holly Wagner and her husband, Philip, are lead pastors of Oasis Church in Beverly Hills, California. Oasis has been a ray of hope, light, and outreach since 1984. Holly is a wife, mom, teacher, author, and cancer survivor. She's passionate about seeing women become who God has designed them to be. And now, Holly Wagner will share how we've each been given a special assignment by God. If God qualifies you, nothing and no one can disqualify you. Let's dive into the message. Sometimes we disqualify ourselves. See, maybe you're looking at me and and you think, well, you know, it's easy for you to say, you know, you have an assignment, but Holly, you don't know what I've done. You don't know my past. You don't know what I used to do. You don't know what I did last month or last week. You don't know. And so we, we can disqualify ourselves. But see, God doesn't call us according to our past. He calls us according to his plan for our life. And then sometimes we disqualify ourselves just because we do stupid stuff. I mean, I choke on my own spit. But God's trusting the planet to people just like me. And then one time I was teaching on a stage, it was kind of similar to this, and I'm sure I was like in the middle of a really good point, and I just was going for it, and I just fell right off. <laughs> and I could, hear, I could hear the cameraman back there going, where'd she go? <laughs> and it wasn't really stairs like that, so it was really awkward getting back up, and, but God's trusting the planet to people just like so all I'm saying is, you can't disqualify yourself. God's called you. God's given you an assignment. You can't disqualify yourself. We all have one. We've each been given a certain personality and certain gifts and talents and abilities. And it's so that. It's so that we can live out our God-given assignment. But the thing is, as we're running our race and living out our assignment... Obstacles come, don't they? Challenges come. And so I think there are a couple qualities that we need. Actually, there's probably a few, but I'll talk about a couple qualities that we're going to need as we navigate the path, the journey, the assignment that God has trusted us with. All right? So the first one is determination. Everybody say determination. Such a strong word. We're going to hear a little bit about this from the book of Ruth. Now, in the Bible, there are two books named after women. And one is a very small book called Ruth. And here's the deal. At some point, you're going to get to heaven and you're going to meet Ruth. And she's going to ask you, have you read my book? (laughs) So I'm just thinking you might want to go ahead and take care of that now. Save yourself a little bit of embarrassment. All right. So in in the book of Ruth, we learn about a woman named Naomi and she's married to a man named Elimelech. Now these to, they are children of Israel. They are Israelites, but they're living in a foreign land called Moab. And while they're living in this land called Moab, their sons actually marry two foreign women from Moab. One marries one named Orpah and one marries one named Ruth. 
And at one point in the story, all, all of the men die. We don't really know why, but they do. And at this point, Naomi, who is heartbroken and destitute, she says, you know what? Looking at Orpah and Ruth, she says, you know what? I'm going to go back to my people. I'm going back to Bethlehem. You should stay here because these are your people. And both of them say, no, we're going with you. So they begin this journey. And it was about a 30-mile journey. And I would imagine it was difficult emotionally, certainly. They just lost their husbands. And at that time, it was difficult for three women. It was dangerous for three women. So it was certainly a challenging journey that they had begun. And at one point, they come to a crossroads. And Naomi, again, pleased with her daughters-in-law, and she says, you know, you should go back to Moab. And Orpah says, uh, I think I will. So Orpah goes back. She goes back to the familiar. You know, what was ahead, the unknown, looked a little challenging. So she goes back. But it's at this point that Ruth, Ruth says, no, 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 I'm going with you. And in Ruth 1.18, it says this. It says, when Naomi saw that Ruth was determined to go with her, she said nothing more. And I guess this is the point I want to bring up, is that determination isn't something that is just felt. But determination is something that will be evident to all of us. It is seen by everybody around you. And sometimes I think determination is just what's missing today. The determination to follow through. The determination to seek God till you find him. The determination to keep building a marriage through a hard patch. The determination to keep parenting teenagers. Hello. The determination to stay on a diet even when like your punk friend brings a chocolate cake and waves it in front of your nose, you know? Determination. We talk the big talk and we cry the big cry, but what do we do at the crossroads? Do you know, God never asks us to do something hard. Always impossible. <laughs> right? 100-year-old Sarah having a baby. That went hard. It was impossible. Right? But with God, it becomes possible. You know, sometimes staying married and loving that man, it's not hard. It's impossible. But with God, it becomes possible. Sometimes getting, picking yourself up after losing job after job is not hard. It's impossible. But with God, it becomes possible. You know, determination also looks a little bit like perseverance. And in James 1, it's kind of an annoying scripture. Um, it probably is not going to make it onto a mug. All right. At James 1, it says, consider it pure joy, my sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance, and perseverance must finish its work, so then you'll be mature and complete, not lacking anything. Do you know, when I look at that verse, I realize that maturity doesn't come from how much I know. Maturity comes from how much I persevere through. And perseverance only applies to the hard stuff, right? I've never had to persevere through a massage, ever. <laughs> I'll just suffer here. No, right? Perseverance only applies to the difficult things. One of my favorite stories in the Bible takes place in Mark chapter 6, and it takes place right after Jesus and the disciples had fed, you know, 5,000 plus women and kids, so it could have been up to 12,000 people and. You know, they had done it with basically a couple of tuna fish sandwiches. You remember that story. 
this whole big multiplying thing. And I would imagine that was the most exciting time in ministry. Can you imagine? Overwhelming need had been before the disciples. Jesus prays for a couple of fish and some loaves and things start multiplying. And the disciples probably started thinking as they were passing out food, this is amazing. Ministry is so much fun. I just love people. I love God. This is awesome. This is amazing. Miracles is so much fun. Amazing, right? An amazing miracle. Well, right after that miracle, the Bible tells us that Jesus looks at his disciples and he said, hey, I'm going to go pray and uh, you're going to get in this boat and go to the other side of the sea and I'll meet you there. And the word that's translated it, in to get in that boat, it's he forced them in that boat. He compelled them. So just the fact that such a strong word was used makes me think, hmm, is there something in this boat ride that these disciples were going to have to face? Right, so the disciples, they get in the boat, and they, uh, and these, these kind of boats, they had a sail, but they also had oars. And so the Bible tells us that they're basically rowing their little boat. And so they're rowing their boat, and I imagine at first it's like, oh, wasn't that fun? I just think ministry is so awesome. This is going to be such a good day. I just love life. I love ministry. This is awesome. And then the Bible tells us that suddenly... A storm comes, right? The wind and the waves start crashing against the boat. And it says that now they begin straining at the oars and they're afraid. And they're probably thinking, what? Wait a minute. Whose idea was this? Wait, I want to go back there. I want to go back there. That was fun. I like that. Why are we going over there? We don't even know those people. And do you know what? They didn't know, but they were headed to a land called Gennesaret, and there were people that needed miracles. They didn't know what was ahead, and we never will know what's ahead if we don't persevere through the moment called now, right? So here they are straining at the oars, and it's getting scary, and they're like, ah, we're just going to die, and Jesus doesn't care, and uh." And then, now Jesus, he, you know, Jesus, he, he didn't always use a boat, right? So the Bible tells us he just starts walking on the water because he's headed to where he told them he'd meet him. So he's walking on the water, and it says that he sees his disciples straining at the oars, and he would have walked by them. Hey, guys. What? Now, why would he do that? I don't know. But maybe it's because he knew he'd given them everything they needed to get to the other side. And so here they are in the boat, and they're freaking out because the waves and the wind and the water's getting in there, and they're afraid. And then they look and they see, ah, a ghost. They're not quite sure. They see somebody walking on water, and they're afraid. And I'm thinking, how many people do they know that walk on water? Right? Why didn't they know immediately who that was? But they didn't. And, but then eventually when he got closer, they saw it was Jesus, and they called on his name. And he got in the boat, and he calmed the wind, and he calmed the waves. He'll get in your boat too. When, you, when we're in a storm and the waves are crashing against our life and maybe it's a diagnosis like it was for me or a job loss or whatever the situation might be for you, the first thing that we want to ask is why. And you know what? I'm not sure you'll ever get that question answered. Go ahead and ask it, but I'm not sure you'll ever get it answered. But what you will get answered is how. How can I navigate this part of my journey? Jeremiah 31, 21 says this, set up road signs, Put up guideposts. Mark well the path by which you came. 
So what this tells me is that I have an obligation as a Christ follower to navigate this path well, not perfectly, but just with determination because there will be a generation coming up behind me who needs to see marks of faith on the journey. See, as you're living out your life, you have a choice. You can mark it with faith or bitterness, you know, frustration or anger or joy. We get to choose how we handle the circumstances that come our way. How are you marking your path? How are we marking our path? You know, some people might get so excited that everything in their life is going right. I love those moments, like all two of them, right? But I wonder, that may not necessarily be the sign of God's blessing on us. I don't know. Maybe it's simply because we're not willing to get in the boat and get involved with where he's trying to take us. It's always safer and easier to stay on the shore. But Jesus is calling us into the adventure, into the boat. Sometimes I think the fact that we have no mountain to climb, no battle to wage, no assignment to persevere through is because in God's army, we're AWOL. We've just stepped away. Perseverance. We need to be, at this time in history, more than ever, a company of determined women refusing to back off our God-assigned path. What is your path? What it is, that, what is it that God has trusted you with? Stay the course. Like what you hear? You can watch more Miracle Channel features on Corco Plus, Miracle Channel streaming service. Corco Plus has thousands of ministry programs in the Christian Living section. Every week, we take your favorite speakers and curate messages into topic-based playlists. You could watch a playlist on your calling, trusting God, or moving forward, and hear hand-picked messages from speakers like Stephen Furtick, Christine Kane, Levi Lisko, and so on. Go to corco.com to sign up for your free account in three simple steps. That's C-O-R-C-O.com. Corco Plus programming is available to Canadian residents only. Another quality that I think we need is courage. Courage like getting up again. Courage like forgiving when you don't want to forgive. Courage like trying one more time. The life that we have been given will include moments that demand courage. Here's another annoying verse. Only Jesus said this one, so we kind of have to pay attention. And uh, Matthew 10, 34, Jesus said, don't think I've come to make life cozy. What's interesting is I think so many of us spend our life trying to build a cozy life. Where we want our 2.2 kids, or in the case of somebody else, their 6.3 kids, or whatever, and having their little white picket fence and your little minivan. And do you know what? You can have all that. I just don't think settling into a life of coziness and comfort should be our big goal. Right? What do we want to have on our tombstone? You arrive safely? Really? Really? So maybe what is it that God is trusting you with? I guarantee you it will demand courage. Maybe it's the courage to start something or the courage to, you know, try for a different job. Maybe it's the courage to speak a different language, courage to fight for a cause or go on a mission trip or forgive a friend who betrayed you or keep parenting that teenager. Maybe it's the courage to say yes when he asks you to marry him. And maybe it's the courage to say no. Courage. You could have been born at any time in history, but God chose now for you. He must think you have what it takes today to actually make a difference in your community and in your area, which is why 
We can't just retreat into a safe little place and, and you know, build the walls and protect us. No, we're supposed to be the bold, courageous ones. God's trusted you with this, with this moment. So this is why you can't get freaked out. You just have to go, God, you trusted me with this moment. I thank you that I have the courage. Joshua 1.9 says, have I not commanded you? He's actually not asking. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Don't be terrified. Don't be terrified. Don't be discouraged. God says, because I'll be with you wherever you go. He's trusted us. He's given us armor. In Ephesians 6, it's a great chapter in the Bible to actually take a moment or two and study. And in one of my, in my book, Warrior Chicks, I took the whole chapter and I talked about the different armor. And when I began to study that armor, there's, there's the armor that he gives us. There's not actually much armor to cover our backside. Do you know why? Because I don't think we're supposed to be running from the battle. I think we're supposed to be running smack dab straight up the middle of the battle. God's trusted you with this moment in history. Courage. Acts 4.13, it says, when they, talking about religious leaders and Pharisees, when they saw the courage of Peter and John and realized they were unschooled, ordinary men, they were astonished and they took note that these men had been with Jesus. They saw the courage. Courage, like determination, can be seen. Courage. Then I think we need the courage to rise. You know, Proverbs 31.15, that's the other annoying scripture. I guess that's the title of this message, Annoying Scriptures. It says, she rises while it is yet night. And I'm thinking, uh-uh. <laughs> I mean, first of all, Proverbs 31 is like, like who could be her? Right, I, I was happy for mine to end with 30, really. I'm good with that. Because like, who could be her? It's like, like, she sounds like she's got it all together. Who could be her? And then that verse... 15 is the one that sent me over the edge, right? She rises while it is yet night. I'm thinking, no, she doesn't. She sleeps really good <laughs> while it is yet night. But you know, when I began to do a little studying about that verse, it doesn't have as much to do with the time of day that you get up. But rather, when darkness and chaos and fear and panic are around, she rises. She's not complaining. She's not blaming. She's not wilting. She's not freaking out looking for the safe place. She's rising. And I think God is looking for a company of women who will rise. So I don't know where God has trusted you, but you got a choice. You can sit there and blame everybody else, be mad about the circumstance, and just let yourself wilt, or you can have the courage to be the she that rises. Let's be that girl. What do you say about that? I'm not saying it'll be easy, and I never want to. I'm just telling you honestly. I'm just doing what it says. And then I also think we need the courage to open our mouth. Some of you are going, I got that. <laughs> Proverbs 31, 26 says this, says she opens her mouth in skillful and godly wisdom. And on her tongue is the law of kindness, giving counsel and instruction. 
Now, the Hebrew word for that is the word hakam, which means a divine perspective. So what this is saying is that you and I should be capable in whatever situation God is trusting us with to actually offer his perspective, offer divine wisdom, not opinion. Opinion honestly doesn't help people, but offer wisdom in a situation. Wisdom, wisdom to overcome life's challenges. I was getting on a plane and had my boarding pass and I was headed for my seat and I get to it and I realized that there's a gentleman sitting there and I say, excuse me, sir, but you're in my seat. And he said, I know, but I just wanted to sit with my wife. Is that okay? Sure. No problem. Second boarding pass. Keep walking. And I get to my new seat and there's a woman sitting there. And I say, excuse me, ma'am, but um, you're in my seat. She goes, oh, I know, I know, but I just need to do a little work with a coworker. Is that okay? And I'm like, okay. Third boarding pass. So now I'm headed to the seat and there's like this teenage kid in there. Go, hey, buddy, out of my seat. He's like, oh, I know, I know, but I just wanted to play some video games. Is that okay? I'm like, okay, yes. Fourth boarding pass. So I'm heading back down to my seat. And so I see the seat that I'm now headed to, and it is empty, and I sit, and I buckle, and I'm in. And I happen to look, and there's a gentleman sitting next to me. And um, I give him, you know, the airplane smile. And then I pull out a book, and I begin to read, which in international plain language means, don't talk to me. I'm just telling you in case you don't speak it. Okay. Well, this gentleman... He evidently did not speak international plain language because he looks at me and he's like, hey, my name's Bob. I'm like, Holly. <laughs> so he didn't speak it at all. And so he, uh, then he looked at me and he goes, hey, so where are you headed? I'm like, home. He's like, oh, good. I said, what do you do for a living? Now, personally, I always find that question interesting because... I'm a woman. Like I do nine things before lunch, right? Come on, right? We are shelfers and chefs and lovers and, and I'm a pastor. I'm a teacher. I'm an author. I mean, there's a lot of things, right? And so, um, and honestly, I change it up all the time. So whenever anybody asks me, I just have a different answer. I have this rotating thing and I just change it. It's how I keep myself entertained with my life. <laughs> And uh, usually when you fly into countries, they will ask an occupation. They actually don't when you come into Canada, which is kind of a bummer because I change it all the time. But um, I, I was flying into Australia and they put that on there. And so on this particular time, I just was feeling particularly jet lagged. And so I just wrote lover as my occupation. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure this is illegal. Um, but so my, if I'm ever in jail, this is why, you know, come visit me. But so I take that little immigration form and we go to, with my passport to, and I'm ready to submit it to the, this guy. And he looks about 12, very young, obviously new on the job. And I'm just like, oh, this is going to be good. So <laughs> I slip it under there and then I can, so he's like smiling, you know, good day, mate. And doing his little thing. And then he looks down and I could just see red, like starting to appear <laughs> on his whole face. <laughs> and he's like, stamps it and, you know, hands it back to me. And anyway, so again, I'm pretty sure it's illegal, but I just do it to keep myself entertained. Well, when this gentleman asked me what I did for a living, I, um, I wanted to come up with an answer that would end this conversation. 
All right, what's going to end this conversation? So I looked at him. I said, um, I'm a pastor a church. Jesus church. And then he looks at me and he said, I've been needing to talk to a pastor. to explain the book of Leviticus, <laughs> right? The tribulations. Oh, so I start panicking. Then he looks at me and he said, um, he said, actually, we just, my wife and I, we just found out that we're pregnant with triplets and, uh, and our marriage isn't actually that great. So is there any suggestions that you have for building a marriage. I just thought, um, well, yeah, I have managed to stay married to the same man for like 30 years in a row. <laughs> We've written a couple books on relationships. We teach relationship seminars around the world. So yeah, there's a few things I could say. So I, I just quickly gave him three little things he could work on. I've learned with men, less is more. <laughs> I'm not just talking about clothes, words. <laughs> So just gave him a few little thoughts, prayed for him, you know, ended that. And then do you know what I had to do? I had to actually repent to God for a couple of reasons. Because do you see what he did? He moved four people out of the way so that I could sit there. So in that moment, I would have an opportunity to offer a divine perspective about a situation. And then I had to say, I'm sorry for being afraid because see, God's not going to put you in a situation where you actually don't have the wisdom to give. So I was so afraid it was going to be a question that was beyond my ability, and it wasn't. This is wisdom I've learned by actual and costly experience. That's what Proverbs 5 says. So where is it that God's trusted you? Do you have the courage to open your mouth? You know, some of you have been through tremendous obstacles in your life, Tremendous obstacles, and there are women out there who need to know how you did it. You know, maybe as a single mom, you managed to raise your children into responsible adults. You're amazing. Well, what I know is that right now there's a young single mom in your circle of influence, and she's freaking out. She doesn't know what to do. She needs to know what you know. Do you have the courage to open your mouth? Some of you, maybe you've graduated college or gotten your master's. Well, what I know is there's probably a young student in your circle of influence who's thinking about quitting because it's too hard. She needs to know what you know. Some of you have lived through tremendous abuse and you found the path of healing. Well, what I know is that there is a girl in your circle of influence who's still in the middle of it. She needs to know what you know. Will you have the courage to open your mouth? Your past can actually be used to give someone else a future. But only if you open your mouth. Have the courage to open your mouth. Have the courage. Courage. Courage to rise in the midst of challenge. Have the determination to keep walking on the path and the journey that God has trusted you. And have the courage to open your mouth in whatever situations that God's trusting you with. See, I think every day heaven is setting up opportunities for us. Let's just be willing to be ready. Right? Let's be those girls. 
Let's be that company of determined, courageous women, refusing to walk away from our God-assigned path, regardless of what's going on in the world, we will be that woman who rises. We're not going to be the ones filled with fear and discouragement. We're going to be the ones that rise. Thanks for joining us today. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast to hear more great messages from inspiring teachers like Holly Wagner. Rate this podcast and write a review if you haven't already. And share this message so others can be encouraged by this teaching too. We hope you were inspired by today's message. God bless.